Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Hello, Throwdown Nation. It is a very cranky Friday morning for yours truly. After watching a brutal, brutal performance by the New York football giants against the Eagles. And, you know, I've already seen some lazy takes come out from the media. I'm ready to listen to sports talk radio, not diagnose the actual issues wrong with the team, and just making this a strictly Eli Manning issue. You know, if you didn't pay attention to the game Sunday against Carolina to see that there were other issues going wrong with this team besides Eli and whatever outbursts Odell may have on the sidelines. You know, again, I don't know what else to tell you. There were too many things that are wrong with this team that just trying to summarize it as an issue between Odell or Eli is the problem. You know, you like the media just are just being ridiculous about this. I'm bringing my dad on right now, so welcome to the show, Dad. And uh, I'm just going to start off with the fact that, you know, the Giants as a whole are a complete and utter mess. So basically, even if it was Brady or Mahomes, they're not going to last the way this offensive line plays. It's incomprehensible that anyone with half a brain could actually think that this is going to be strictly a problem that can be fixed with a quarterback. The offensive line is so bad right now, it's not even a replacement level offensive line. Like every like I rewatched the game from last night this morning. And like yeah, even though it was like five o'clock in the morning, I'm rewatching just because I'm waiting to see like maybe there was something I missed. There wasn't a single player on that offensive line that even did a remotely average job. Everyone ranged from mediocre to flat-out awful. 
and Omome was actually the worst guy. I thought it was going to be Wheeler. It was actually Omome who, who got dominated the worst out of all of them. So it's like, I, I, I want, I want someone to actually be able to articulate an argument that somehow you could, you would have been better off of a quarterback when like the data just shows like how poor the offensive line play is. Who the hell in the National Football League is actually going to be able to work with this offensive line and be productive? I want someone to actually explain that one to me because I keep hearing these lines that Eli has to be replaced. No, no, no kidding. But literally, who are you bringing in with the, the roster assembled right now that even remotely gets anything productive done? Because guess what? They'd be in the exact same spot we are right now. Well. I, I the, the easy thing to do is to say it's Eli. That's the easy thing, you know, is because you know, first to begin, he's not a guy that makes a lot of fun, so you don't blame anybody, you know. But you tell me that last night you watching and the Eagles. At the first snap, the Eagles is in the back seat already. I mean, the only thing last night showed you is how good Saquon Barkley really is. Oh, yeah, and Saquon made his own holes because it, it, it damn sure wasn't from the blocking. Saquon just made his own cuts and like and got around the holes. Because the Eagles, the Eagles were so aggressive with rushing the passer that Saquon was actually able to do, make back cuts and create his own holes to just plow right through, and the Eagles didn't understand how fast Saquon truly is. That's why they got burned so badly, because they're like, oh, crap, this kid's even faster than we thought. Yeah, because, as I said, the touchdown, when 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 he made that cut, and, and he went, the, the, with like a Brahman or whatever his name is, yeah. he couldn't, he, like, you could tell that he couldn't believe that, 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 he was gone, you know. So, I mean... Yeah, Nigel Bradham was just like, oh, crap. <laughs> is Eli missing throws and stuff? Yeah. But part of the problem is, you know, why are they talking about Eli? But go, I, I think Eli wouldn't mind going with that line, you know. He wouldn't mind going because he probably will get killed because... That line can't protect anybody. Yeah, no. And, 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 and Eli is a quarterback that needs a, a good line because he doesn't move. He needs time to sit in his reach and, 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 and he can make any trade he wants. But he needs time. And with that line, you need to be like, 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 like Lamar Jackson. You gotta have like Lamar Jackson. But like people are act, and people are literally acting as though a younger QB would be able to move and throw, and like a younger QB would be getting their asses kicked. And there's nothing that can screw up a young QB more than having a terrible offensive line. And they keep always pointing to the success stories like Troy Aikman, but more often than not, QBs bomb out of the league because they get beat up too early. It, it, it's it's just a matter of fact that 
Like, more often than not, a QB will wash out with a lousy offensive line, and it may not be the fact that their talent level was in errors because they got took too many hits early on, and it changed how their quarterback uh, uh, thought process worked. And 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 and, 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 one, and one of the one of the key things about that was like you look at teams uh, like the uh, because it's it's happened throughout the course of history. Tampa, Detroit, the Jets, one of the most famous examples. Like so, sometimes teams just were not good enough to block for certain guys. And yeah, were some QBs just going to be busts anyway? Absolutely. But like people keep acting as though. If you throw the rookie QB out there to the Wolves, it'll work out years two and three. No, it doesn't always work that way. They're like it, I feel as though some folks are just stuck with the old school way of thinking. Analytics has shown if a QB takes enough hits, they're not going to be as productive moving forward. So I know Gettleman probably looked at this, and even though he says he scoffs at analytics, he knows, uh, common sense-wise, that if you throw a young QB out there and they're going to get their asses handed to them time after time, it's not going to end up well. So why waste the draft pick that high when you could have just taken the best player in the draft and then draft the QB next year? Because part of me thinks that uh, Gettleman did this with the intention of, okay, this line should work well, but worst case scenario, we get a high draft pick next year. Because, like, I, I feel as though Gettleman just thought that plugging in those two, uh, uh, plugging in Nate Solder and paying him a lot of money and paying Oame a good amount of money was going to fix the offensive line if we just push Flowers over the right tackle. But the fact of the matter is, like, for whatever reason, this line is performing just as bad, if not worse, than the offensive line last year. That line was getting beat so bad last night that it, I thought Trent Cole was playing for the Giants because <laughs> he was in that backfield so often that, I mean, you, you know. Well, it, it wasn't even just Trent Cole. Guy. Fletcher Cox was like, Fletcher Cox. I, 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 there were times where Fletcher Cox was the center for the New York Giants because he just went through. Yeah, I think <laughs> Trent Cole, I think Fletcher Cox became uh, Cole. Yeah. 
and here are some other things that I better see for the next game Monday night. Uh, I, 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 I got to rewatch the play again to get the number of that gunner. But if I see that same gunner who jogged right past the Eagles player as he's muffing the punt, and if I see him being the gunner again on Monday night, I, I'm, I'm probably going to break something. Uh, because, you know, that guy, if, if you're going to do anything with a team, I would just cut the guy. I would cut the guy, the gunner. Uh, be, I'm not sure if you remember the play, but like uh, this is like I still. Yeah, it's like I would just I, cut I, that I, guy. I mean, literally, the ball bounced four yards ahead of him, and the the guy was like nowhere to be found because. And he didn't get blocked. He didn't get pushed past him. No. He just, he just ran past him. I remember. I I I I I think we were on the phone at that time. We were talking, and I told you, okay, wait a minute. This guy just ran right by the 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 the, the, the player. You know. I, I mean. Again, like we, we we talked about this before, you got a Giants defense where Olivier Vernon has been injured the entire year. This is his first game back. Like there was no pass rush with him gone. There, no one else can rush the passer. It seems you have Snacks Harrison not adjusting well to the three four at all. It's like we're running a three four, but we have no linebackers. So it's like Connor Barwin is done. I mean, I mean, let's just be frank. Connor Barwin is done. He, he's. Well, well, I, 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 sometimes I want to make you explain because you don't even hear his name. Yeah, it's like Ogletree is just basically uh, just uh, making tackles. He's not pass rushing at all. So it's like, okay, we got Ogletree in there, but he's not doing anything. You, you, you got Snacks Harrison not, not, not feeling it at all as to playing the nose tackle, and he he was up front saying that he doesn't like playing the position, so you can't be that shocked. You you got a secondary where Eli Apple is in and out of the lineup with injuries. You've got Jack Rabbit, who's supposed to be the linchpin of the uh, secondary coverage unit, 
just being completely disinterested in his job and getting burned repeatedly on pass plays because he's not paying attention. And so what you're basically left with is Landon Collins trying to make plays all over the field. And it's just like your safety cannot be the only guy trying to make plays on the field. If your safety is to be one making all the tackles, you got a bad defense. Your safety is not supposed to lead the team in tackles multiple years in a row. Like this is like, this is broken right now. Like they can say what they want. This team is broken. And, you know, the defense, you can see, doesn't believe in the system that they're running. And, you know, I I, I know folks don't want to hear this talk, but we, we got to have some serious talk on whether or not we need to fire this entire coaching staff and just start over again. Because, yeah, no one likes to do a multiple reboots in a row, but clearly you can see that the players are not buying into the system at all. And the offense looks so lifeless and lack of creativity because they don't move around Odell. They don't move around Shepard. Like, realistically, I don't know what offense this team is trying to run because for the life of me, I can't understand why we're trying to do a short passing attack. But it, it took until last night for them to actually call a running back screenplay. That was the first running back screenplay we've called all year. And it's only because we were down three scores and they didn't have anything else to run because nothing else worked. You know, it's embarrassing. It's like, I don't understand what Pat Shermer's offense, what his actual goal is. Because if you looked at the uh, the chart breakdown, and I, and I had it with me somewhere, but literally uh, 59% of the pass plays were 10 yards or less. Then the other, uh, so you have 59% of the pass plays were 10 yards or less. Then you had another uh, uh, 35% of the pass plays. So uh, literally uh, at that point, <laughs> you got 6% of the pass plays were, uh, were 20 yards or more. So literally the entire offense is under 20 yards passing in terms of a uh, ball flight path. Part of that is because of the offensive line. But the other part of it is we're not even calling for go routes because there's no... It's like, why not at least have Eli try to do a rollout? Why not try to at least do shotgun and give Eli a little bit more room to throw the ball deep? There, there is no attempt at even trying to be aggressive on offense. And that, to me is the sign of a coaching staff that's already uh, prepared to accept defeat and is just trying to install locker room culture. Uh, pardon me, but like technically, we're, we're not even, uh, you should have been able to install culture in the preseason. Anything. Like these guys are not responding. I'd rather just clear out the coaching staff because guess what? It is a lot easier to just install a new coaching staff than to just throw out an entire roster of players. And guess what? Jerry Reese did us a complete disservice the last five years with his drafting and player personnel management, which we've talked about at length. But the fact of the matter is, is that Pat Shermer just, like, he can do all the soundbite clips uh, that he wants. But when I watch this team play, no one is actually buying into anything that he's selling right now. Nope. Nope. 
I, I, I don't see it. This, this team comes on the field and, you know, like I say, while people are talking about, well, the, the defense believes that the offense is not going to do it. I want somebody to point to me to tell a game that that defense has played all season. They haven't stopped anybody. So while everybody talking about Eli and this and that, we can stop anybody. You know. So 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 it's it's the same it's the same problem. I mean, even even the, in the first game, we couldn't stop we couldn't stop uh, uh, Jacksonville from coming down and and taking the lead. Uh, you know. Uh, 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 I'm so I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear that, 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 because Jacksonville can't score on nobody, and they scored on us, you know, because, because Boston is terrible, and, 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 and he still beat us with, with some stupid long runs that, 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 that for some reason we can compensate for. So, so I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to hear anybody complaining. I mean, like I said, the easiest guy is Eli. If they say that he's finished and he's this and he's, he's, he's whatever, but to me that's the easy way out. Because if you just blame Eli for for this, you're not really watching the game. Yeah, and that's what. And honestly, I feel most of the uh, football columnists and writers in New York are just lazy. I, I honestly think most writers and media personnel in New York are just lazy and don't actually bother playing attention to sports. They just like taking the sound bites. They already have their stories written. And they just... they they, they I, I would say that they suffer from the Stephen A. Smith syndrome where they actually don't actually watch sports anymore. They just like they just do a take and, it, and they stick to that take and that's all that matters. And I think that's what journalism has broken down to today. Because realistically, if I was placing the percentage of blame for this season, I would say seventy percent of the blame has to go to Dave Gellman. Because I talked like we have both talked about this at length that the Giants' draft didn't make a whole lot of sense because the Giants needed so many different players at different positions, namely offensive line and linebacker. And we just didn't have enough draft picks. Like, we didn't trade back at all. We didn't try to bring in guys. And so when you see that, and then when you see after preseason ends, the Giants have to bring in eight guys off of waivers, which is incredibly high because they didn't like anyone. They It's like, then why didn't you draft more players? Why didn't you sign more free agents? It's like, like I don't understand the Giants because they re- realistically – I think they came into this season being way too naive about the roster that they actually had. And now that things are getting real, they don't want to deal with the, the conflict. Because my biggest thing with Odell's interview wasn't the fact that, you know, he said the things that he said. Because Odell did make some salient points. It wasn't the right form to do it, but, like, Odell had salient points. But if Odell can point out exactly what's going on, Clearly, he voiced those exact same concerns internally to the Giants management. And Giants management just kind of throwing their hands up in the air saying, well, it is what it is. Like, 
I, I, I feel it's insulting to a fan base that's paying PSLs uh, for their seats that you are this inept at managing an NFL roster. Like, I expect this nonsense out of the Jets. But to be perfectly frank, the Giants are not behaving that much better. And I feel as though John Mara has gotten it incredibly. And I also blame Steve Tisch for this, too. I feel that they were asleep at the wheel. They didn't realize how bad Jerry Reese was at his job. And so they basically went back to a guy they felt comfortable with in Gettleman. But Gettleman, again, you know, he's he's a giant's lifer. So he's going to still kind of go with more of the old school way of thinking. But that roster was so bad, you kind of needed someone fresh in there to completely blow it up. Because, again, we knew this for a while now, that Jerry Reese was so bad at his job that we probably had, like, one of the three worst uh, GMs in the league. Bottom three, by far, with Jerry Reese. So, like, when you have a guy like that in the job for eight years, guess what? Things are going to go bad. And, you know, the Giants right now, if you look at how this team is performing execution-wise... We are without question a bottom three team in the league again, and it and it's deserved. Like there, there's nothing about this one and four record that's fluky or bad luck. It's completely deserved based on the talent level I see. Because it doesn't matter how good your skill position players are, you actually have to build out a well-rounded roster. This team, you know, you bring in free agents that can't execute. That's a that's a failure on the GM's part. That's why I put 70% of this on Gettleman. You brought in Nate Solder. You brought in Omame to block on this offensive line. They're both getting beat horribly. It's not even close. And maybe New England realized that Solder was done, so that's why they, New England didn't even try to bring him back. But the Giants have are made him the highest left uh, highest paid left tackle in the league. This is embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And that doesn't even get talked about. That's that's the thing that annoys me with the media. Like, no, no one's paying attention. This is what I said. Everybody stayed quiet for the, for the past six, seven years, and nobody said anything about Reese. And draft after draft, I mean, you 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 go back and look at the draft picks that Jerry Reese made. How many is in the league right now? Not talking about on the Giants. Are we talking about percentage of players or actual players? If I want to kill somebody. Well, just to prep the audience for this, it, it, it's like if we were actually going by percentage of players or number of players, guess what? The number is still in the single digit range. That's how bad Jerry Reese's drafting has been. And nobody said anything for years. Nobody said anything. Nobody said anything about the, the the moves that he should have made on draft day that he never made. You know, nobody said anything. You know, I mean, this is going back a long while. You know, and, and for some reason, the press gave him a pass. And I couldn't understand it. I was, well, he won two Super Bowls. He didn't, you know, what what's the great move that he made to win those Super Bowls? Well, again, the 2011 roster that the Giants won with 
were still holdovers from the 2017. Like, I always question that one because everyone always brings up 2011. A lot of that team was still were still holdovers from 2007 because Justin Tuck was still on that team. Like, there were holdovers from the defense and the offensive line. The offensive line was old and hanging on by a thread. We were the worst offensive line in football because we couldn't run the football with that team. Uh, like, Ahmad Bradshaw was, like, doing uh, uh, miracle work with some of the power runs he was actually able to pull off because of his running style before the foot injuries eventually ended his career. But, like, the Giants were a terrible uh, run-blocking team back then, too, and they were barely average pass-blocking. It's like we were the worst run-blocking team in the league. We were average at best pass-blocking, and it was an old line. It was already old line because a lot of the guys were still holdovers from the last Super Bowl. It, it You know, again, it's like the Giants, like I talked about this before, the Giants haven't had a pro bowler on the offensive line since Chris Knee in 2012. That was Chris Knee's last healthy year on the team. Since that time, the Giants are dead last because every other team has had at least one Pro Bowl uh, uh, player on their roster that's made a Pro Bowl. Like, the Giants, like, until they traded for Solar, they haven't even had that. It's like most teams realize that in order to win in the NFL, you actually have to have a talent enough lineman to be blocking for you. The Giants have whiffed on two draft picks in the first round on the offensive line because Pugh just never could stay healthy and Flowers is a was a complete another train wreck. And so, again, people, uh, people were picking on Flowers, and rightfully so, but they weren't picking on the guy who drafted him that high. It's like, it's, it's just so, it, it's just miserable watching the media in New York operate because they don't ask the questions that should be asked. Like, people are questioning the effort of this Giants team. No kidding, this team doesn't play with a whole lot of effort. But if you look at the talent level of this team, the talent level isn't where it's supposed to be. Because if, you, if you're watching that offensive line play, it's not because of lack of effort. That's the scary part. I just think that some of these linemen, like between uh, Solder and Omame, I think they may be done. And, you know, when you commit that much money to an offensive lineman, you better be sure with all the tests you've done that they can still play. And we've just badly, badly have missed... Uh, misjudge these guys and it and it's killed the season the season is officially over we're better off tanking the rest of these games and i i'm you know you know as much as i love eli it would be it would be mercy showing eli to the bench and it's not because eli's playing that poorly but it, it it would be more cruel to have eli keep playing in front of an offensive line this bad then uh, then to try to win some games with him, getting his ass handed to him the way he is. Because he got hit 18 times last night. Between the sacks and the hits, he got hit 18 times. You cannot survive in the NFL at that rate. It's impossible. As, as durable as the Mannings are, I would be more concerned about Eli's long-term health at his age, at 37, getting hit that often. It's embarrassing. I don't know. It, 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 it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. You know. 
Because we we got we got a game next Monday night against a terrible Atlanta defense, and guess what? That Atlanta defense is still probably going to end up teeing off on Eli. That that's that's how bad this offensive line is playing right now. Even in an Atlanta team with no linebackers, no real pass rush, I still think that they're going to be able to uh, hit Eli at least uh, a dozen times because this l- offensive line just misses block assignments repeatedly. I don't understand what is going on in the meeting room uh, from Monday to Saturday night to get these guys ready, but, like, something's off. It's like, I don't know if it's just the uh, the the scouting staff just missing on certain guys or this coaching staff isn't up to the task, but, like, regardless, somebody's got to have changeover. Because, like, you could change over some of these players, but, like, there's something fundamentally wrong within the organization right now because, the like, for whatever reason, these guys are not on the same page uh, you got guys doing, uh, uh, making roster decisions and a coaching staff trying to coach certain principles to players that do not actually buy into the system that they're playing in. Because Olivier Vernon uh, and Jack Rabbit, uh, Janoris Jenkins, should both be gone next year. They have to be gone. And I would also say, and I brought this point up to you last night, Snacks Harrison has to be traded in the middle of the season. He has to be traded. Even if you only get a 6th or 7th round pick, Snacks Harrison can be useful to someone else. But he is not useful to us in this capacity right now. He's not playing a 3-4 well. He's not adjusting. You have to trade him. He doesn't like playing the the, 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 the 3-4. He doesn't like it. You've got to trade him. We saw it coming because he he, he was getting problems in the preseason. It's like it's like even if you're even if you're only getting a sixth or seventh round pick, you have to trade Snacks Harrison. There's no getting around it. it there, it's just a complete waste having him there in that system. And if he if that's the best he can do, if if, if that's the best he can do, it, it's not even worth it. And I know Snacks Harrison is not someone who's going to uh, uh, be loafing around because I could say that of Janoris Jenkins. Jack Rabbit spaces out all the time. He doesn't. He checks out constantly, especially if he's on a team that's not winning. That's the that's the issue of giving a guy like I'm that big money. That that down. That first court last night. I mean, you gotta be kidding me. He can't get beat that bad. He had no idea where 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 you know, like he thought he's going what I mean, you gotta be kidding me, you can't get beat that bad. You know. I mean, it, it was, it, he was in the corner by himself. I have no idea, you know, what, why he got that round off like that. You know. Anyway, I gotta, I gotta make a. I yeah, yeah, a, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll catch up later, Kelly. You take it easy. Talk later. Yep, take it easy. Okay, then. Yeah, so. Hey, Throwdown Nation. Are you at the bottom of your fantasy league wondering what is going on with your quarterback? Well, I think I've got a new show that may just fit the bill for you. The show is called Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks to get your burning questions answered, such as, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Can Aaron Rodgers actually play a full season on one healthy leg? And can Dak Prescott actually lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl 
in spite of Jerry Jones? Coach Weiss and co-host Steve Stroud have got you covered on all things quarterbacks. Listen now on Apple Podcasts or any major media platform. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. I mean, I can go through the entire litany of things that are wrong with the New York Giants. And you could talk about Eli all you want, but that's that's just being lazy. It's like there are so many things functionally wrong with the New York football Giants right now that just to say that benching Eli is going to make everything better, it, it ain't going to improve the play calling because the play calling has to get better. The defense clearly doesn't believe in the scheme that, uh, that they're running because I watch multiple players give up on plays entirely. And the fact that we're relying on a couple of free agents from a few years ago uh, to just make everything better for the defense. You know, I feel bad for certain players. Landon Collins is playing his ass off in just in situations that are not, like, are beyond his control. You know, people want to focus on Odell screaming into the fan and not 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 a fan in stance, the, like literally a humidifier fan on the field, uh, on the sidelines. You know, yeah. Is it weird? Yeah. Odell's a weird dude to begin with. Like, I know he's psyching himself up. But, like, for the commentary to be focused on Odell being a weirdo and saying that's why the Giants are struggling, it's it's moronic. Like, people want to, like, people want to make this into two camps. Blame Odell. Blame Eli. And, like, like and missing the entire picture of what's wrong with the Giants as a whole. Because they want to make an agenda where they put all the blame on Odell or they put all the blame on Eli. Like Eli has a Eli has some uh, has some of the blame to take as well because Eli is is not who he once was. He's missing some throws he should be hitting, but because the Giants have so few opportunities, Eli has to hit every single one of those throws, even to be competitive because of how bad the offensive line is. And Eli is not that guy anymore that can overcompensate for the uh, the inefficiencies of his offensive line. He's just not that guy. He needs the he needs the support of the offense to help him through winning a uh double digit games. And right now the core cast of this offense is so imbalanced between skill position and uh, and value players that it, it's so it's so heavily skewed in the wrong way. We would actually need to draft a mobile quarterback that can run around like Russell Wilson does and just and just do sandlot football and toss up passes to Odell, uh, Shepard, and Ingram and Saquon and just th- and and not run a set offense. You basically need to take a Deshaun Watson and run a complete unorthodox system in order to make this offensive line because the offensive line will still suck. But the only way to be productive on offense is to do what Russell Wilson does and extend plays and then chuck the ball up into the air with great arm strength and let the skill position players win battles one-on-one. Because a scheme is not going to work with an offensive line this bad. You can blame for those who don't like Odell, and I know there are multiple folks who don't like Odell. I've told Odell to shut up on occasion. Believe me, I won't lie about that because Odell sometimes is too much of a diva and doesn't actually see the bigger picture. I think Odell does see the bigger picture with this team because I think he sees that, you know, management has set them up to fail because there's no way for him to actually get the ball this year 
because the offensive line is is like you take your pick on who on the offensive line has been the turnstile of, of of the play because like every series there's at least one offensive lineman getting beat so badly that Eli is getting hit under three seconds. Like under three seconds is like no NFL QB outside of a handful of mobile quarterbacks is actually going to be able to move out of the pocket fast enough to avoid a rush that's coming in uh, with less than four seconds. It's like, it's, it's that, that margin is so thin for certain QBs. Most QBs need at least four seconds of protection, at least four seconds to make a primary read and get off that primary read and to look at the secondary and the hot read. You need four seconds. Like, the Giants can't even manage 2.9. Like, they can't even get to three. Like, most of the time, it's like Eli has two and a half seconds tops. And that's just not, it's not, it's not a productive way of playing football. And so, for everyone in the media to be pitting this against Eli and Odell, it's just idiotic. And the locker room is now starting to buy into that BS. That's the problem with this team. It's like too many guys are already checked out. So now they're looking to assign blame. So that's why you got all these anonymous quotes going around in the New York media as to who's to blame for the offense. Guess what? It's a lot of it's on the coaching staff and a lot of it's on the GM. That's that's the bottom line. And so I, I've been ranting and raving on this enough. Uh, like we're already approaching almost 40 minutes of this junk. You know, I, I could talk about the Yankees getting eliminated, but, you know, you already know, like, if you've been listening to the show, you already know my thoughts on Aaron Boone and the fact that, that he was that unqualified to take the job because he's the Manchurian manager that Brian Cashman has always wanted. Well, sometimes you got to be careful what you wish for because you just get it. Because now you got a manager that doesn't think and doesn't have any reaction skills to perceive what's going on around him. And now their story is that, oh, the, the Yankees think the Red Sox knew Severino's pitches ahead of, uh, ahead of uh, each pitch selection. Well, guess what? If you play a team enough times and they see your pitcher enough times, yeah, they're probably going to have a good idea of what your system is. Maybe if you were smart enough to actually come up with your own system and cues, you wouldn't be in that spot. So I, I don't really have any sympathy for the Yankees because guess what? They did this to themselves. I mean, no one told you to leave Severino in there longer than he had any right to be in that game. No one told you to leave uh, CC Sabathia when he had nothing in the tank in that long against a left-handed, uh, uh, left-handed constructed lineup for the Red Sox to get pounded. And then to compound matters, you bring in Zach Britton, who's also a left-hander, when you have multiple power right-handed pitchers in your bullpen and you give up another run with Britton that you could have avoided. And guess what? You lost 4-3. You know, you gave up two runs you didn't need to because you didn't go to your right-handed bullpen well in advance. Like, you know, I, I you know, the, the fact that, like, people want to, like, criticize certain aspects, it's like now the media is picking on Aaron Boone. That should have happened months ago. It, it, you know, I, I, I don't know why it's so hard for folks to call out things the way they see it. Boone got the rub for nepotism purposes, and guess what? He's a media guy, so he's chummy with a lot of guys in the media, so they don't want to call out their buddy. But, you know, if we're being honest with ourselves here, Aaron Boone has no business being in charge of a team that's as big as the Yankees. 
there's just he has no background. You know, they can say what they want, but like experience does matter for certain things. You do need some type of experience when you're taking that big of a leap. Sometimes it's a it's a bit too much to bite off. Maybe Aaron Boone improves dramatically over the offseason when he takes stock of everything that teams were able to do to him and the fact that the Yankees were ill-equipped to actually hit and run, play small ball. Like, they, they couldn't do any of that. Like, other teams were had multiple ways of winning. The Yankees had one way of winning. Smash the ball as hard as possible and hope it goes out of the ballpark. That was it. So, you know... It is what it is, but uh, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't say that I'm angry about the Yankees' season ending the way they did because, to me, I saw that as a foregone conclusion. Whether it was going to happen against Boston or where it was going to happen against the Astros, I thought they would at least make it a five, uh, uh, a push it to five games with the Red Sox once they got the split. But you know, when you mismanage uh, uh, two games like a uh, boom mismanaged games three and four, I mean, that's why you get beaten four games. Because no matter what you do, like you can't mismanage games that way. They're like you will, you will lose series very quickly doing that. I mean, Girardi got away with it uh, against uh, the Indians in Game Two because he met, he managed to correct self correct after Game Two and took care of business after that fact. But you know, again, I I, I can rant and rave about this all I want, but it's not going to change the fact of the matter is that the Yankees have to do a lot of soul searching. And guess what? The Giants better be doing some deep-level evaluation of their actual roster and making some decisions because some of these guys need to be traded now and just figure out what the trade value is and execute the trades now and then start building up for next year. The season's over. And it's a, it's completely broken the way the offense is. It's, and it's not looking like it's going to get that much better. So if you're already coming up with excuses with week six, guess what? The next 10 weeks are going to be even more painful to deal with. So, you know, I will keep following along because that's what a fan does. But, you know, it's not going to be a pleasant experience. So for everyone who wants to waste their breath yelling about Eli, yelling about Odell, you're wasting your time. Look at the rest of the roster and then start figuring out what uh, what the issues are. Because then you'll, you'll actually see why the, uh, the ownership and the general management and the coaching staff deserve the most blame in all this mess. So that does it for the show tonight. Uh, the Rangers actually did manage to win a game last night. Uh, the one of the 20 games that they may actually win this year because of how bad they are. So it's a bad time for New York sports. But, you know, that's how it goes uh, in this cycle of life at times. So... Uh, that's what that's going to do for the show. Have a good one, folks. Uh, I'll start prepping for uh, week six uh, weekend for Sunday, as well as the DFS pick. So stay tuned and uh, have a good one. It's the most talked about position in all of sports, the quarterback. And now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field. Celebrity QB. Featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach, Charlie Weiss. 
Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks. Like, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Will dating Danica Patrick distract Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's dating Danica Patrick, Charlie. We're interested in that, you know? Well, I mean, Tommy's got Giselle. I'll, I'll take Giselle, okay? <laughs> is Dak Prescott good enough to win a Super Bowl for the Cowboys? Which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018? How about intellectually, Charlie, as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now? The game has changed, but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous. Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media, exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.